Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains in transit, adventures and life hacks, and today, three sites in three days. That's right. We've got Eric Ivy in the studio here. Hello. Welcome hey. back, Eric. Thank you. Are you a member of Sometimes Worth of Club? I feel like you. Oh. I feel like you're in the We probably owe you a Times Club patch. So let me think about are we, that. Are we at five? If we're not, we got to be pretty close, right? Yeah, I think I did three near the beer mongers, and then this is two here. That's five. That's five. Oh yeah! Welcome to the Five Time oh, Club. Oh yeah! Thank Glad you. To have you back. Thank you. <laughs> um, and we'll be getting into three campsites, three different locations. Yeah, three, three different bikers days. in the Portland Metro. Nice. Um, there's a lot of good hike and bike. I'm I'm excited to get into that. Yeah. What have you been up to this week? Before we dive in, Aaron. <laughs> what have I been up to? Um, I'm using my flight benefits. I'm going to Denver. I was this close to getting. Thank you. I was this close to getting into Chicago to watch um, the Gold Cup final. Okay. For those who are soccer fans, the Gold Cup final. Yes, the Gold Cup is uh, essentially all of the Western Hemisphere countries in a big tournament. Okay. Um, and it was Mexico versus U.S. and my team won. Nice. That's that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> but it was in Chicago, and Anna had an overnight in Chicago, and I was going to use my flight benefits to fly over there, and I was like just seconds away, but they didn't call. Oh. They didn't call me. No gold cup fair. No. no. But uh, our ladies from Portland. They were awesome. Did pretty well. Yes. Yes. That was also my team. <laughs> and by that we're referring to the world cup team yes the women's world cup nailed it it was awesome yeah that i watched that the um, first goal was kind of contested this is maybe a little bit more sports talk than you intend to tune into listeners uh, bear with us there's what a good third or so of the team from portland that's true so i feel like it's local news yes might not be sprocket news but it's local <laughs> news <laughs> we're going there the first goal is like kind of contested, but you know what? Even if Megan didn't make that goal, which it was still a pretty sweet goal, uh, even if she didn't make that goal, the second goal was amazing. It was like from downtown. Um, I don't know if you happen to catch replays of that. I but haven't. No, no, no. You guys should check it out. Like just, just for the uh, I don't know the the sheer skill that it took okay. to to take this shot. Um, and I wish I could remember her name. Rose is her first name, and unfortunately, the last name is is uh, escaping me. But that's okay. Had two defenders on her, and like sailed it through both the both of the defenders, and then into past the goalie into the goal. It was it's just a sweet shot. Anyways, we didn't come here to talk about uh, soccer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been been flying, and that's kind of fun. Uh, got plans to go camping soon with my boo. Nice. And, yeah. Gonna do some bike camping. Yes. Nice. Yes. And um, I am also going to uh, 
I, I'm reluctant to say this because then I'm going to be held accountable for this, but I'm going to say this so that I'll be held accountable for this. Okay. And that I'm going to take the Brompton plunge Ooh. and uh, put a down payment on one. I've oh, been yeah. Saving up for. You're going to yes. take the Brompton Sweet. plunge. Yes. Nice. Yes. And you had your eye on a particular Brompton, if I recall. I did, but you know... I, here's the thing. They should have <laughs> never made an online builder for Brompton because <laughs> I just keep changing it. It's like, it's, uh, it's like Legos, man. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you build the, the kit you buy or you buy the kit and you build the spaceship the way it's supposed to be built. But mm-hmm. then like, you know, you have that spaceship for a week and then you just tear it apart and you see what other things you can build with it. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's essentially like that. Well, and Bromptons are like, as close as you're going to get to bike Lego anyway. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's maybe, I don't know. Bikes in circus general cycles are might, like actually Legos. circus cycles might hold the bike Lego trophy, uh, but, okay. uh, Bromptons are pretty far up there. Nice. When, yeah, uh, yeah. when are you grabbing your bike? Uh, not for a while, Okay, but the down payment is going to be as soon as we return from Denver. Okay. Um, um, I've had this money set aside and nice. Yeah. Nice. So what options did you go with? Without getting too deep into it, like (laughs) the main ones, yeah. So things, I'll tell you something that I decided against, and I I surprised myself, is I'm not going to get a Brooks saddle on it. I'm going to go with the standard saddle. Okay. Um, And that is because just about everyone I've rented from Clever Cycles, plug, uh, (laughs) has had the standard saddle. And I was thinking, you know, I'm satisfied with that. I don't necessarily need to make that. It's not going to be any cheaper if I make that in the initial order. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Hmm. So if I do want to get a Brooks eventually, like, you yeah, know, you I can, can get a Brooks. do that later. Totally. Um, I'm on the fence for Dynamo Hub. I, Ooh. I know I want a Dynamo Hub, mm-hmm. but I also kind of want to build a wheel. Okay. Like this lace is, it up this and is all like, that jazz. Yeah, this is and so I will solicit any kind of advice and or warnings from anybody who's ever tried to build a Brompton wheel. Mm-hmm. Anna says don't do it, but yeah, you know the angles are because it's a twenty inch wheel. It's a sixteen, 16. inch. Yeah, yeah. I would. I thought it was like seventeen or eighteen or some well, weird number. Well, it's sixteen and and some weird okay. fraction. It's, it's I that think. like Britishish Brompton yeah. standard. Yeah, yeah. we have done a couple of Brompton wheel builds. It's radial lacing, so yeah. That part should be easy, but apparently yeah. like because it's that odd size, mm-hmm. not a lot of people build those rims and you're not necessarily guaranteed to get the right rim. Oh, okay. You know. But could you get a rim from Clever? Probably. That's like, hey, I this, mean, this is the rim you but use. But that's that's the thing is like at what point Am I just building a wheel to build a wheel? Yeah. Or, you know, because they'd probably go like, oh, you want, we've got wheels. You mm-hmm. can just buy a wheel from mm-hmm. us. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, one of my favorite ways to recommend people towards wheel building is to get like the cheapest wheel you can find or like go get a used wheel and just take yeah. it apart and rebuild it. Oh, like, yeah. Like if you just no, want that experience. I've, I've Well, I've built the wheels that are on my oh, okay. bike currently. So you wanted to step it up to the Brompton. Yeah, yeah. The Brompton challenge. You know. <laughs> yes. Um, I guess, I, yeah, with having my niece over the past couple weeks mm-hmm. uh, and, and helping her, like, build her bike, I feel like I, I want to, like, like you said, step up my game, mm-hmm. maybe. Well, um. If you go that route, I've got a stand in Tensio and all that fun oh. stuff. So 
just let me know. See, Anna, he's got a stand. <laughs> uh, anyway. It makes it a little easier. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. So I don't know. Anyone has any advice of what to, what to steer clear of or wh- what options? De- definitely want a back rack. Yeah. Uh, want to put a back rack on it. Um, if for nothing else, just because it makes it stand a little bit more stable. Um, I actually had one. Uh, I bought a used one. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And I had the back rack. I had the Dynamos, which I loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I actually copied um, the Pathless pedaled build. Well, I didn't copy it because I bought it used, but I did a Craigslist search for like a year until oh. one finally came up with the same gearing. And everything oh, that yeah. Had, yeah. <laughs> totally. <clears throat> they do a great guide for Brompton bike touring. They do. Yeah. Um, Plug. What, <laughs> what handlebar... It was, it was the, I think, so it was like the U and then flat out. Okay. So that M Is that the M? Yeah. 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 doesn't yeah. really look like an M, but that's, yeah. Well, it was told to me, so it's S, M, and H, yeah. I think. And it's short, medium, high. Okay. Is essentially what they told me. Yeah, the uh, rack was nice, because then you can add the wheels, so you can pull it through the airport. Yes. That was killer. Ooh. Yes. Nice. That's, that's my hope. <laughs> <laughs> Get it anyway. dialed in. Yeah. Cool. I'm how, how are you doing? You. How are you healing up? Um, I'm healing all right. Yeah. I uh, we were talking a little bit before the show. I don't know if the audio is salvageable because the AC was running, but uh, have been I'll taking do my best. Oh, it's all good. Uh, or I'll make Brock do his best. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Brock. <laughs> Thank you for continuing to edit, Brock. Yes, all indeed. the way there in Salem. Um, the. Yeah, I've been using, so my bike has been in the shop. Um, I took it over to Gladys Bikes um, after the bike accident about two weeks ago. And I am very much like looking forward to and have been looking forward to supporting like other bike shops around town. Uh, so it was like right. a nice opportunity in disguise. When, when you work at a bike shop, you're like, well, I'm just going to Why would it. I go anywhere else? Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I have been using this opportunity to kind of... Uh, get more familiar with some of the different modal options in portland and so i'll be typically like taking the bus or doing more recently the lime scooters my wrist has finally like gotten to a point where i can handle like holding on to a scooter um so i've been just kind of like comparing those transit modes and uh the healing is going all right i feel like i'm probably gonna need to go into some pt or something like that because i can uh. i could do a couple of motions where i can make my wrist crack 100 percent of the time Oh, uh, and <laughs> that doesn't sound right. Yeah. yeah, and it's probably, like, I, I have no idea. It's I think it's in the camp of I should probably go, like, do something mm-hmm. in addition to what I'm already doing about it. But I've been doing, like, wrist exercises for artists and stuff for, like, people who use their hands and that kind of jazz. And it has been helping things feel a little bit better. Um, my wrist is mostly scarred now instead of, like, having holes in it, which is swell. That's good. And uh, <laughs> I didn't have to go back to the urgent care to get it x-rayed because i think it uh well x-rayed twice but I, I, yeah i don't know it's one of these things i'm trying to like look on the positive side <laughs> of it and then also like god that was inconvenient <laughs> right right <laughs> you know so um it's it's been a good couple weeks i've been using the opportunity to read a lot and finally caught up with my reading list um which is really nice because i had two books that people had recommended to me and i got into like the first paragraph 
or a chapter of them and realized that I had already read them and just <laughs> forgot about it. <laughs> so I felt a little um, sheepish because, you know, like somebody's like, this is the best book in the world. And you're like, score, I'm so excited to read this. And then you're like, I've actually read this. I just forgot right. what happened. <laughs> um, is not like the greatest way to give a book back to somebody. But at the same time, um, it did clear out my two slots that I was working on. So, um, yeah, I'm, yeah, mostly been doing a lot of reading, like, traveling around town via uh scooter and bus and mostly just trying to take it easy and we uh, talked a little bit about the scooter mm-hmm. but uh how new to the scooter are you i did scooters once back when they first launched okay in that's right 2017 2018 it was basically yeah a, i think a, we talked about it maybe mm-hmm. yeah they um i found that they're if you're going like one sh- direction um they're pretty good in portland or at least equivalent to a one-way or you know two dollar fifty cent bus fare uh if you're if you're traveling within like 15 to 20 blocks which uh fortunately for a lot of the stuff that i'm doing is sort of that zone that i'm traveling in and then when you get up to sort of like a maybe like four mile ish range or such um then it it starts to overtake the day pass for the bus fare. So I've been using it situationally, like if I have a fair amount of time. That's where the books are nice. Like I love reading and riding the bus. And um, yeah, if time is not of any essence, then I just take the bus. And then if I'm trying to do like one or two little short trips, sometimes I'll hop on the scooter. But it's definitely way more expensive than public transit. Um, But at the same time, like much less than driving a car and it's a heck of a lot funner than driving a vehicle as well so for sure um, i sort of viewed my wrist injury as my opportunity to enter scooterdom knowing full well that when i have my bike back i'm not gonna pay like 20 cents per minute to ride a scooter <laughs> so yeah keep it keeping my trips under you know six dollars a trip is, has been kind of my goal <laughs> um but yeah they're pretty fun i'm i'm still happy to see them we were talking a little bit earlier about um just the way in which it affects your interaction with other road users um and you are definitely given way less space on a scooter than you are on a bike um and i also after the crash i had to replace my helmet so i finally got a helmet yesterday and that made me feel a lot better about the scooters because i felt um you know we won't get into the whole helmet debate but uh I, i definitely felt better once i had a helmet when i was scootering than just kind of like motoring along so uh, yeah, it, it's been good. Just been like taking it easy this week. That That's my rambling story. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you heard that background noise, that was Aaron putting up a sunshade for me. Yeah. He saw me sweating bullets, I think. We've got our sweat <laughs> sweat lodges. I saw you sweating swing. bullets, but I've been sweating bullets for a while. Um, <laughs> Literal you. bullets. Do you, do you think maybe we could, we could open the door sure. and we'll just deal with some of the background noise? It's not that yeah. hot outside, but I guess in here, huh? It's, yeah. Well, oh wow! It's like a nice tin can. You get that. You get uh, that evening yeah. light coming straight into these windows here, and mm-hmm. yeah, it just acts as a greenhouse. Oh uh-huh, yeah. Oh wow! It's already much better. <laughs> it's Arctic. <laughs> if you hear noise in the background, it's it's for comfort and convenience, <laughs> and to give you a feel of like truly being in Portland in a parking lot, so the know, guest doesn't pass right. out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like well we would have an episode but uh we only made it 20 minutes before we all passed out (laughs) um but taking or seizing the opportunity uh in so far that we aren't passed out uh 
Eric, <laughs> you've been out and about, <laughs> yeah. not passing out, doing some adventures. Tell us what you've been up to. Yeah, so um, the reason I'm here, I suppose, is because um, I linked together three hiker bikers over um, Memorial Day. Is that, the, is that the one that just happened? In May? Yeah, or Labor Day. Well, it was wasn't 4th confused. of July, I'm assuming. No, it's Memorial Day. Okay. Yeah, yes, Memorial, Day's Memorial first, Day. Labor Day is in the fall. Okay. Yep. Yeah, it's Memorial Day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get those crossed up all the time, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, and the second part of it was I was about to go to China for three weeks for work. And right. so it was like my last weekend before I went. And I was kind of like, what do I want to do my last weekend before I possibly get dragged away and imprisoned in China? <laughs> <laughs> and so, before you cause an international <laughs> incident right. and so i had some invites you know to go out into the woods up by mount hood or the coast stuff like that but i'm just like you know with that holiday traffic i'm like i don't want to sit in a car mm. i don't yeah. necessarily want to do that i kind of want to get some of you know get some portland get some mm-hmm. biking in and um, so yeah, I decided to do. It's actually my first ever solo trip too. Which oh, is nice. oh, nice! Yeah, I've never. Awesome. I've always gone with friends, and so I think I'd gone to Milo MacGyver the week before, or two weeks before, with Jason McCarthy for just a quick weekend trip. And um, on top of that, I was like, I've never really seen these hiker biker facilities. So I've even looked up the uh, Bike Portland article. I remembered that from years back right. when they introduced okay. that and upgraded them. It's fairly recent. Yeah. 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 To adding the tools For and the solar and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I got kind of stoked on the Milo situation. So I was like, all right, what if I went further to Shampooy and then Stub Stewart made a big loop of it? Mm-hmm. And so I mapped it out with uh, Ride with GPS and uh, set sail. Um, yeah, that was, that was really it. Um, just wanted to get some Portland in before I went to China <laughs> right on. and get some biking in, get some kind of headspace to myself, mm-hmm. just, you know, pedal and think and, um, just have some alone time and ended up really loving it. And I know like a lot of guests on here have talked about before. One of the great benefits is I met a lot of people. Whereas if you're traveling with a buddy, it's just you guys talking. Mm-hmm. Um, but solo, you know, I met a lot of people, which is, which is a surprise. Would you, I would say you're, you're generally a more, um, um, uh, what am I trying to say here? Extroverted person. I don't know if, if you would agree with that, but would you say you became more extroverted, uh, while you were biking alone or would you say maybe just, I don't know, because you were alone? I think I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely extroverted in social situations um i think i get that from my dad but what was cool is i still had that time to myself on the you know the long mileage stretches mm-hmm. right on. and then so then by the time I, I would get to somewhere oftentimes a brewery or bar or something then i would want to be i'd be ready to talk to people oh, I, okay i see and um yeah so it was really fun and then another big part of this whole tour speaking of breweries Mm-hmm. was to hit wolf and people oh yeah yeah have you heard of that one yeah did you have to detour off the route very far to hit that a little bit probably okay. maybe six miles off the route total gotcha ever since i think i read about it in bike portland i wanted to like get out to them oh they're in bike portland i feel like or i ran across it, it somehow sense. yeah um there yeah it's just i mean you'd probably know better than i it's about just, where is that i'm pulling up my map here 
this little brewery kind oh. of tucked That's out. That's at a Newburgh, yeah. 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 So I kind of had to do this far and away route outside of Newburgh. But it was so worth it. Mm-hmm. So the night before, I got completely soaked at, at, on the way to Shampooey. Um, and the brewery didn't open till noon the next day. Mm-hmm. So, like, everything was wet. And so I got to the brewery at, like, 11, and no one was there yet. <laughs> and so I just sprawled out all my gear, all my clothes, everything, and it was just all, you know, sitting out in the sun. Luckily, oh, it was yeah. sunny. Nice. And then the brewer showed up and kind of looked over, and we're just like, oh, that's just a bike tour guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I've seen it before. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. one guy actually apologized because uh, he had – they had like a sewer backup and he had like a gas powered roto rooter thing and he's mm. like, Oh apologies, I'm gonna make some noise here. I'm like, Don't worry about yeah. it. I'm just <laughs> drying my stuff. Nice. But um yeah, so um one one word of warning uh, about this route, at least for amateur cyclists such as myself, um i I uh I kind of penciled in this route on Ride with GPS from Estacada over to Canby to avoid the main roads, and it ended oh, up yeah. being quite hilly. Yeah, and I think I walked totally. my bike eight times, if I remember right. Yeah, I was on a six-speed, so I didn't have a lot of gears. Um, Especially out you of didn't, you didn't take your ECR. No, <laughs> no, I don't know why. Sometimes I just like to um, punish myself on that stupid old Schwinn I have. <laughs> <laughs> and uh then i never worry about locking it and oh i um, see i kind of like that it's um i don't know how to put it it's just the bike that shouldn't be a touring bike but i've done a bunch of tours on it i okay. guess mm-hmm. and then it's just one more you know notch that that bike has accomplished and and backstory is it was uh in a car accident and a bike shop had it sitting out in front of their shop, like, as a giveaway. Right. And I was going to use it as, like, a toilet paper holder because it had a really cool fork. <laughs> um, and then I'm like, hey, this thing's actually pretty sweet. <laughs> so <laughs> I took it to Community <laughs> Cycling Center, and they put it on the rack of steel, so they helped me bend it back into shape. Mm-hmm. And so it's got a bunch of, like, bend marks or rust where it was bent. Oh, right, mm-hmm. right. And, uh, yeah, it's still rocking a couple thousand miles on it, probably. Wow. Nice. Yes. Yeah, breathing some life into yep. an old bike. Yeah, um, excellent. But yeah, it's a. I, d- I highly recommend it because it's you know it's a three night four day trip. You could obviously do it shorter, mm-hmm. um, but it's all within the Portland metro, and you can utilize uh, public transportation. So I started. Yeah, I noticed yeah. it. It starts in Gresham. Yeah. Right, and ends in Hillsborough. Right. Which are the the sort of uh, suburbs of Portland. Yep. And so, yeah, you could take, you know, the max out to Gresham to start it and kind of fast forward your way out of Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or just take the spring water out. So that, that ride to Milo is awesome because it's, I'm sure you guys have both done it, right? I have not. Oh, okay. I've not been to Milo McIver. I've been to, but it wasn't via bike. Okay. Yeah. What? Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> That's crazy. I always go, I'm a, I'm a West person. We lose okay. all cred. I, go, yeah. I just go stub steward or broke. So. See, well, okay. Well, I felt like I felt like this route or story isn't really um, sprocket or uh, the sprocket level of material, but okay, you guys haven't done it. So no, it obviously <laughs> is. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Tell so, us more. Yeah, so it's cool because you can take the um, the spring water all the way out to Gresham, um, and or sorry, to Boring. Mm-hmm. And then Boring, 
You just kind of cut south. There's one good climb out of Boring. Boring is where the Springwater Trail ends, Correct. right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, there's a cool gravel, there's a parallel gravel road along, I'm looking this on my phone here, on the Clackamas Highway mm-hmm. called the Escadero Trail, which I just uh, happened to find. Um, so you can, if you want, you can ride right on the highway, which I've done, or you can ride on the gravel parallel trail. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a two-track but it's pretty well beaten down. I'm on like, I think, thirty tires. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. That's not super huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was fine on there. And then what's really cool about Milo? Shout out to Maria Schuer. I hit up her and Brock about recommended route to Milo. Okay. And both of them told me, but Maria gave me a better route. So, uh. Sorry, Brock. But <laughs> <laughs> um, she. Inform me about there's like a back way into um, into Milo MacGyver that only hiker bikers can do, so mm-hmm. uh, cars can't get in that way, which is cool. And so from Estacada, it's only like two miles of super flat road into camp. Um, mm. oh. So Estacada is a good spot to resupply. Got yeah, grocery store. They've got a brewery and a bottle shop. Um, and then another part of this whole trip was that all three of these places have disc golf. So oh, I brought, okay. brought my disc with. Oh, cool. Nice. Um, and then, so climbing out of Milo, you got a pretty good climb. I think it's six to 800 feet. Um, and then this, this shortcut road I did, well, it's not a shortcut, more of a direct route avoiding busy roads mm-hmm. um, was very hilly. Yeah. Um, but if you had some lower lower gearing, it'd be no problem. But it was beautiful. Okay. Go through some. That would be the the market road into what is that? Viola. Are you looking? Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've, yep. I'm following and, your trail. And as you you're really have. About it. Yeah, from there to Canby, you've got nothing. No gas station. Mm-hmm. No um, mini marts or anything. Oh yes. Yep. Um. Yeah, and then you're in Canby. Stopped at a cool coffee shop. Can't remember the name. Um. Yeah, and then I just got soaked along the ways. Um, one fun thing I did was when I was it was a huge downpour. I saw a shop for, or a sign for a winery, uh-huh. and I'm not too huge into wine, but I'm like, hey, I bet it's not raining in the winery, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> and so I'm just like completely soaked, probably wearing the same clothes I'm wearing right now, and uh, went in the winery, and there's a bunch of like fancy dress people talking about wines, and I come. Like swish washing <laughs> into right. the winery. Like, yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty fun. Ended nice. up staying there too long talking to people. <laughs> and then That's awesome. But they they were okay. They oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. they were, yeah. They weren't like, oh, who's this guy? Yeah. No. A lot of, I'm not, maybe I'm stereotyping, but there's a lot of older women. And I'm like, oh, so you're staying near here at a hotel? And they're like, no, we're driving back to Vancouver. I was like, what? Whoa. Vancouver? Yeah, after wine sampling all day. I'm like, you <laughs> should get a hotel around here. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully there was a DD. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I got into camp. And again, I was stopped because I was on a bike by this dude who's like, oh, is that a breadwinner? Because I have breadwinner stickers on it. Oh. Mm. And it, it matches the color of the oh. Schwinn. So totally That's a much better way to uh, have the breadwinner appeal without the price. Yeah. <laughs> get the some Schwinn stickers. breadwinner. Yep. <laughs> and so then I en- they ended up giving me beer and food at the camp like before I even got into the hiker bike. Oh, wow. That's fun. cool. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, That's awesome. stuff like that was fun because I was by myself again. When you were riding by yourself, um, did you have 
like certain expectations for how you would feel the nature of it being a solo trip or were you pretty open to however that would come across yeah i was pretty open to it um didn't really have any concerns i was you know i've done plenty of tours so i know what to expect as far as mechanicals and Mm -hmm. getting lost so i was prepared for all that stuff gotcha um but that that being said there are really good belt bailout options along this whole route for beginners um because then once you're down by um shampooey it's a shampooey or a little bit before shampooey you could bike across i-5 into wilsonville and mm-hmm. catch the train there oh yeah the, oh, the west right yep, the commuter rail yeah um so you could bail there and then yeah so i went through newberg you mm-hmm. could also visit the indoor water park there in wilsonville <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, I've always wanted to slide out of a Boeing. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I stopped in a bike shop in Newburgh to get some uh, chain lube. I didn't have that with. Okay. And it was getting pretty creaky. When you headed out of Newburgh, you were mentioning hills. Did you head kind of west out of Newburgh, or did you tackle the hills to the north? Yeah, I went west to avoid them. Okay. Yeah, because when you're going north out of Newburgh, you see that yep. big monster. Yeah. It's like, nope. I've not doing that. Tried to get down to Salem for like a family event, and I somehow just like got off the max and chose that route, and oh. was like regretting it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was curious if you were mentioned or thinking of those yeah. when we talked about them. It's and a brutal, brutal yeah. set of hills. Luckily, I had the route set already to avoid that. But when nice. I was at the bike shop, the guy's like, "You're gonna go over or around?" And I was like, "I don't know. What does this show you?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's nice about that? So you probably took in um close to forest grove mm-hmm. and you went out maybe towards yamhill or carlton and yeah. then headed north from there i'm guessing yeah exactly nice there's yeah. there's an extended uh that route itself prior to about five years ago had just a horrendous shoulder so it's a lot nicer to ride now it was big yep yeah um yeah and there's a nice alternate you can take um just east of the Tualatin Valley Highway, I think that's 47. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, okay. Uh, well, TV, TV's 57. 57, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which was very beautiful, kind of like a farmland valley. Mm-hmm. Really enjoyed that. Not too much traffic. Nice. So then, here's where the story takes a turn. Dun, dun, so, dun, 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 dun. It's really hot out. This was in Memorial Day, was it? End of May? After all the rain. Middle May? I don't even remember. Yeah. Um, Memorial Day was like the, it was end, like the end. 90s. You remember that? Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Why is it in the nineties already? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was hot. I was biking, you know, middle of the day, and I had on my route to stop at the Forest Grove McMenamins because mm-hmm. they have a disc golf course. Yeah, to continue the disc golf going. Um, so I biked out there, and by this time it's like mm, three or four middle mm-hmm. of the day. Sun's beating down. I'm really hot. I still have like. I think 30 miles to Stubb Stewart at that time. Yep. And I'm hanging out there, having a beer, and I'm walking around looking for the disc golf course with my disc in hand. And there's no baskets anywhere. Mm. I'm like, I swear I played disc golf here Stewart? before. Yeah. No, at, no, at, at, oh. at the Forest Grove McMenamin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Grand Lodge. Yes, thank you. And then I asked an employee, and uh, I guess they got rid of it a couple of years ago because oh, someone, no. someone got injured. Oh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah. And so it's gone. And it was so cool because the 18th hole, you could throw it off the second story, second story balcony. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so J- <laughs> JP and I were there once on a swing bike ride, and we're um, 
we just no one was playing, so we just play that hole over and over to try to ace it. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, never, yeah. never happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's... so so I was tired. As you know, I was already at the uh, Wolves and People Brewery. Then I had a beer at the McMenamins, and I was like, "Wow, I wonder if they have any rooms here." Mm-hmm. Um, and I checked, and I got the last room. Oh, nice! Which was amazing, mm-hmm. but I didn't finish the route. Oh, <laughs> so this, this route is unfinished. Oh, There's okay. no fast known time. So, Aaron, you should probably set, All right, set I'll the set record. The, I'll set gotcha. the time. Set the so FKT. it won't be a it won't be a solo <laughs> attempt from the Grand Lodge. You headed back into Portland. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And, and I've done Good. stubs through it probably like ten times, and I'm like, I know what it is I, yeah and there's no surprises yeah. here mm-hmm. and i just you know i was able to take that shortcut which was nice and yeah. i was able to get yeah. a good night's rest and all that there is a disc golf course at stub stewart i know that was part of it you it's almost had it three of them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that's funny yeah so I, I did the bailout and then i biked back to let's see i made it back to um aranko station mm-hmm. and then took the max up to zuban and then zoobombed <laughs> with nice. all your stuff. <laughs> yeah, I've done that multiple times <laughs> yeah. on tours. You come back and get off so you can zoobomb. Nice. Um, but then, because I did that, I was well rested, and I was able. You know, I skipped Stub Stewart, but I was able to see Brock's residency at Alsden. So, oh, nice! So I yeah. came straight into Alsden off of zoobomb after zoobombing. <laughs> yeah, and I was you know texting with them, and he, he was able. He had, they had a hotel room there. Because they're, re- you know, yeah. at the residency, and so I actually got to take my bike up into the hotel room. Oh, oh had nice. all my stuff on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to leave it outside. Yeah. Of course. So that worked out. You perfectly. don't want to be the guy that like walks in with all their stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or the yeah. guy that walks out and has no stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so that was really fun. Got to see them play, and then I told him this whole story, and he's like, "Oh, this is a good story for the sprocket." And here we are. Full now story. we're here. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yep. What? So, what was? Um, was there any any point where um, things may have been a little sketchy for you? Like, oh, I wish I had known this beforehand. Or, hmm. I guess just those hills. I did wish yeah. I had the the ECR because that's got gearing so low you can just like climb up a wall. Right. And that would have been nice for that. Um. Maybe some sunscreen. Mm. Ah. Yeah, yep. I think I got a little burned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't have rain gear either. Oh, you didn't? That. Yeah, and oh. it was one of those where, you know, the weather looked good. Yeah. So I didn't bring any. And it, I was surprised, so. Yeah. It yeah, did its got, rain got thing. Got caught out, yeah. And totally. You did, but you didn't get eaten. Didn't get eaten. Um, no. Didn't see any bears, tigers, lions, anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no cougars. No cougars, yeah. So, um, um, would you would you recommend a solo tour? Yeah, definitely. And I do kind of want to do it again now that I uh, that I weaked out. I see you trying to <laughs> trying to hint at, at I'm, something. I'm not hinting here, at anything. But what are you talking um, about? <laughs> I've been spoiler, I've been trying to get spoiler alert. <laughs> well, yeah, go ahead. I've been trying to get Aaron on a solo tour since I've found uh, okay. out that he hasn't done a solo loaded tour. Loaded question. Loaded question. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I support you either way, Aaron. So I am planning on doing this route, but not solo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next week, Anna has a few days off. and Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, in preparation for today, Eric was kind enough to send me the route. 
and I was looking at it and was just like, oh, wow, that's that's easy. Yeah. Oh, I could do that. And so we've been, we've been wanting to do bike camping, so I, I just showed it to her. I was like, what do you think of this? Mm-hmm. And I'll confess, I was honestly thinking that when we were talking about bike camping, it would be like a one day or maybe like stay at the same place for multiple days but come mm-hmm. back as opposed to like multiple sites but she looked at it and she's like oh yeah that's totally doable we should do this oh nice take the max out to gresham take the max back from hillsboro yeah that's yeah. easy take the frisbee yep. <laughs> i don't own any frisbees you could load one. <laughs> i thought about bringing one too <laughs> oh yeah for, yeah but yeah it's 130 miles um from train to train if you mm. do it that way yeah like five thousand feet most of the elevations either in the first day or the last day oh one thing i was going to ask you is getting into canby so every time I've driven or not driven uh, rode through Camby, mm-hmm. I was uh, taking ninety nine. You know, I'd be approaching yeah. it from the north. Exactly, and it's awful. That's it's why it's always awful. That's why I did this so, shortcut, long cut thing. Yeah, how was that? Because <laughs> I've done that too. You've done it. I think we did uh, the same day. It was the uh, Hop Century? Oh yeah, you rode that. Yep. And yeah, yeah, doing that on yeah, a cargo, on a cargo bike. bike. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You have even less shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. And I've just ridden that enough times to know it sucks. Yep. Um, So if you do the bike route, if you do Google Maps from Estacada to Canby, it'll actually route you um, all the way up, you know, through Oregon City and back down. Oh, yeah. So, like, it'll route you this big mound. Why? Why would why would you do that? Because of all these hills in the way. Oh, (laughs) right. What hills? Um, Yeah. But again, it was beautiful, very low traffic. So if I were to do it again, I would do the hills. Like I have, I have no shame in walking. You know, um, you're still gonna like when you're on those steep hills and you're in your granny gear. Sorry, you're in your, you're in your elderly gear. Um, <laughs> you're barely going faster than walking, mm-hmm. and so might as well just walk. You can take in the scenery a little bit, stretch out a little. Yeah, stretch out. You're not you're not like burn up as much energy. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, just walk until feel good enough to bike again i nice. all about that nice but yeah and then you come into canby on these kind of side streets and you end up in this industrial area and all of a sudden you're in canby and you barely ride 99 at all yeah hmm. in in regards to sort of um meeting with people you talked about the approachability aspect of uh having or touring with a group versus touring solo uh, did anything about the openness of people as you were solo sort of surprise you? Or, Yeah, I was definitely surprised. Um, people just wanted to know what I was up to. Because uh, especially at the brewery when I had all my shit strewn about. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's this guy doing? Yeah. Um, and then when I told them the route, like they just figured maybe I biked from, I don't know, from 1210 or something. Okay. Um, but... Uh, yeah, once you explain the route and what you're doing, they're like, oh, it's really cool. Nice. And they just start talking about how they bike or they want to bike or that kind of thing. And um, But, yeah, it did surprise me um, how many people I ended up talking to, even though it was, you know, destined to be a solo trip and a lot of headspace. Um, it was nice to um, to meet people and talk to people. Yeah. So, yeah, Aaron, you should definitely do a solo trip. <laughs> <laughs> From the guy who's done one. After, after I like do this one. one. Yeah. <laughs> after I do this one with, with Anna, then I'll do the backwards version by myself. Nice. nice. Yeah, and I was inspired by uh, JP, actually plugged the JP. He's gone to, like, Hawaii and, like, hitchhiked and 
backpacked by himself. And really? He's gone to like, I think Puerto Rico was another one, and Mexico. Like he's done a lot of solo trips. I'm always like, wow, that sounds so cool. Just to you know, do what you do, do what you want to do when you want to do it, and right. just uh, yeah, yeah, just stumble upon those uh, those uh, serendipi- serendipitous type moments. But you've done some solo traveling, yeah, right? fair bit. bit, yeah, yeah. It can so. be, it can be, uh, you know, both ends of liberating and miserable at the same. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the day. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, you know, you get more chance to experience the full spectrum the longer you do it. I feel like. Um, but I think, yeah, the longest solo I've done was like eight or nine days. Awesome. Um, but that was also like the first bike trip that I did. So, really? <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's like, I need to go north to get a ferry yeah. at the top of Washington. So <laughs> we're going to ride. But um, yeah, no, they're fun. Um, I really like how a solo trip really helps you like understand yourself and you know, depending on whether you're looking for it or not, I think it challenges you in a way that is very introspective. And mm-hmm. it's not that you can't gain that introspection with other folks around. Um, but as you were talking about with JP, with that nature of, you know, I'm going to do this now because, well, this is what I'm doing. Uh, and, and just kind of steering your own course in that respect. Um, but also the approachability factor I really like for solo too is like if you, um, like, I think the biggest example of just like generosity towards a solo cyclist i think people um just really go out of their way to like connect with you um i remember on the first solo tour i did i had just gotten over to longview and ridden the bridge across and was just kind of like recuperating in a coffee shop on uh, the other end of town and i was waiting for a warm showers host um who was like sort of intermittent in communication to get in touch about when I should like go over to their place Mm -hmm. and ended up, um, striking up this conversation with this retired gal. Um, and she eventually, um, just like offered me a place to stay with her and her husband. So I, she told me like mile marker this and like wrote out and just had like Mm -hmm. the most interesting conversation between a recently, uh, graduated environmental studies major and a logger (laughs) for, you know, the last 40 years in the industry. So, like you don't you get those experiences i think regardless when you're bike touring like people are pretty real or um just like very much themselves with you um but i feel like when you're solo there's that certain level of vulnerability uh that is out there that really just lets um other people feel like it's okay to connect with you yeah and i really like that for sure yeah couldn't say it better um one other thing i realized was when I've been biking with other people, um, whether I'm ahead of them or behind them, I'm constantly thinking about how far ahead am I? Am I going too fast? How far behind am I? Am I going mm. too slow? Oh, mm-hmm. oh, I feel bad. I'm I'm holding everyone back. Oh, like I feel bad. I'm ahead, which is rarely the case. But like <laughs> I feel bad. I'm ahead. And, it's like I never feel yeah, bad. Yeah. <laughs> am I pulling them along? The or, first part yeah. I could identify with. The other one, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, so for me, at least whenever I'm riding with someone, I always have that in my head. It's like this ongoing, never ending tape recording loop in my head. That's like, where's the other person? How far apart are we? Mm -hmm. And, uh, for whatever reason that kind of can weigh on you or take up too much your, um, it takes energy. Yeah. It takes energy. Yeah. And that was one thing I realized is just like, I'm going at whatever the fucking speed I want and it's great. Like, I don't have to worry about anyone else, just me. 
and uh, I enjoyed that aspect of it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. It's liberating. Yeah, totally <laughs> for my brain. <laughs> <laughs> for anybody uh, listening who either I, yeah has done a solo tour in the past or is looking to do a solo tour, perhaps inspired by this conversation or otherwise, do you have any advice for somebody starting out for their first time? I'd say, um, you know, it was something I wanted to do for a long time. And for whatever reason, I'd always invite people. And that's the, that's a mistake. Just gotta, just gotta do it. Just don't invite anyone. Don't tell anyone what you're doing, unless it's a safety thing. Um, I mean, go, certainly tell somebody, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be out for a few days. Where's Aaron? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, and start with something like this where you got all these bailout options um which makes it a little easier on your mind and um a little safer i guess right on uh yeah it's my advice sweet bring lots of snacks (laughs) lots of snacks yeah (laughs) yeah Um, and have a good time something i always ask of people who do like longer trips on bike what is something that you took that you realize you didn't need Mm. and something that you will always take regardless of whether or not you you are going to need it yeah so i've been trying let's see there's definitely stuff i took with the entire trip yeah i had a a couple meals so i found these no cook meals at uh, next adventure um there are these no cook uh vegan meals um where you just add water so one was like a bean salad and one was i can't remember what the other one was maybe like i don't know but i got two or three of them I'm like and i went stoveless too that's another thing i've been trying to do is go stoveless oh um yeah and so i i, I peddled these meals with the entire time and didn't eat them so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we have um, we have a mountain house uh bag that until like the trip trip i took solo a couple of weeks ago it was a four-year-old bag when i took it <laughs> it's just like you have it but you never seem to use it yeah uh, let's see what else. Yeah, there's every trip I've ever gone on, there's stuff that I pedaled the entire way and didn't use. Oh, so, yeah. Like, I'm trying to get away from that, but it's almost impossible. Um, I think on this one, I brought a multi-tool, which I didn't use at all. Um, what else? Um, a multi-tool would theoretically still be good to have. It's good to have. Even if you don't use it's it. It's good to have. <laughs> yeah. I would say that fits in the category of things that I'm going to take regardless of whether or not I would yeah. need it. No, it's definitely good. Um, what else? I, you know, I probably had, yeah, I had a tube I didn't use and I had a patch kit, re- redundancy, um, you know, belt and suspenders, if you will. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, hmm. Well, to backtrack a bit. Speaking of stuff, you know, talking about your kit or whatever. So a couple of weeks before this, I went out with Jason McCarthy, like I said, and um, trying to see what I can get away with in terms of sleeping gear. And I always wanted to try sleeping in an emergency blanket. Oh, yeah. I don't, oh, know, yeah. I don't know if you saw my post uh-uh. on social media. but <laughs> How'd it go? It's a good story. <laughs> so this was, I guess, maybe earlier May, late April. I don't even know. And uh, I, that's all I brought: emergency blanket, no sleeping bag, no mattress, mm-hmm. no pillow, anything. Tent. I'm, like, I'm gonna try it. No. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> and you know, just cowboy style. Yeah. So with a futuristic space blanket. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, space cowboys. Yeah, I tried it, and sure as shit, it's only for emergencies. 
wouldn't, wouldn't, rec- <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. And so I just got. Um, what got was a, what was the big issue? Ton of moisture. Well, sorry, I brought a hammock. Okay, I had a hammock. Yeah. Yeah, you want to get off the ground, yeah. right? Yeah. And so um, the issue was. You just built up a ton of moisture inside, and then it was like a jungle in there. But uh. then it got down to probably high 30s, low 40s, I'm uh-huh. guessing. I, 30s for sure, I would say, um, based on how cold I was. And so I, I was shivering uncont- oh, right. uncontrollably. Because all, that, all that moisture, yeah. you know, that conducts so much cold. Once yeah. It, yeah. And then it's loud because mm-hmm. it's like that aluminum <laughs> coily <laughs> stuff. <laughs> and... <laughs> I was next to Jason, who was also hammocking, uh-huh. and like then I didn't want to wake him up with my loud rustling, oh. so I just like stay there uncomfortable, mm-hmm. shivering. I, yeah, as soon as I saw the first sign of light, I just jetted to the bathrooms, and um, I I remember they have warm showers, so I took like you know probably a forty-five minute shower just standing <laughs> there, standing in the hot water. Glad you were okay. Yeah. Um, so out of this whole thing. You know, I realized what a privilege it was for me to be able to, you know, try risking my life almost at just the point of trying to see how, you know, hard I was or how light I could go for bikepacking. Mm -hmm. And I realized how stupid it was. (laughs) So out of this, I committed to myself that I'm going to do a blanket drive um, sometime later this fall. Oh, nice. Yeah. Because, like, that shivering uncontrollably was, like, one of the worst things I felt and, like, there's people on the streets feeling that every day in the winter. Good point. And it's so much worse than like being hungry or thirsty or lonely or any, any other emotion. I felt like it was just the worst. So I'm yeah, like, I'm mm-hmm. doing a blanket drive. Right on. Details to come. But yeah, <laughs> there's um from some folks who who do like the survival survival stuff. If if you're ever looking for V2, um, a good trick is to make a bit of well, you have the hammock, but if you can put some like um dry material down so that you're insulated off the ground a little bit okay and then you just want to basically shove as many leaves as possible into all aspects of your clothing to try to build up okay. a little bit of heat. insulation yeah um so yeah if you're ever looking to do like two <laughs> with, <laughs> with you know maybe a sleeping bag in tow um you can actually put on a good bit of warmth out in the woods cool. by just packing your clothing with anything you can find yeah and that makes way more sense um, but for whatever reason, I wanted to try this emergency plan. Oh, Cause, totally. Cause ideally, think worked, ideally, double up. It's the size of your <laughs> cell phone. Right, yeah. right. And well, and, you know, you, you hear <laughs> or you read about, like, people going out and touring, like, bike touring, and, like, oh, yeah, I just brought a tarp with me and yeah. slept in that. And it was, it was fine. It was fine. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. There's a... Uh... <laughs> to which I might, I might say, liar, liar, pants on fire. But I don't know. <laughs> There's I, Joe... I know of two stories of people who've tried this. You know, based on like you know other people's stories and and both utter failures. Brock, who tried the tarping and mm-hmm. was swarmed by gnats, <laughs> and another friend of mine tried it at Stub Stewart. You know, it was like, eh, it's a pretty safe spot. You know, yeah. And he said he couldn't get over the rats crawling around. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. a at Stub shit yeah. ton of oh yeah yeah yeah. Once like everything quiets down. Mm-hmm. And fire goes out, they'll they'll come alive. Wow! It, yeah, I heard. So I've only slept at Sub Stewart once, but I counted probably like ten or eleven mice. Yeah. That uh, like when or I, I woke should up, say mice, not just rats. But yeah. yeah. Well, I was just so surprised. I had to wash 
all of my stuff when I got back to town because I like anything that was left out and it, it's we're talking about like a fuel canister or something yeah. like that with no food residue on it. Um, I was incredibly surprised with the mice population yeah. at Stub Stewart because yeah. I woke up and there was poop over up. everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, that, and that's how, that's how mice work. That's they how walk it goes. and poop at the same time. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, yeah, I, I can identify with that feeling of like utter coldness. Um, <laughs> In past life, I used to do mountain guiding, and I would always try to like push my limits mm-hmm. in the, the like tour capacity. And so, the the like steep edge of that is just like making sure to set an alarm to keep myself awake every fifteen minutes because I knew if I like fell asleep, I might be too cold and not necessarily get back up. Oh, yeah. dang! Um, so I I Sorry, I can level. identify with that feeling of just being like fuck i'm cold i'm so <laughs> yeah. freaking cold nothing you can do yeah so i i, I very much appreciate yeah. the uh onus for going for the blanket drive and uh, yeah cool and i just didn't see it coming too right because it was like late april or may you're like yeah it's uh, pretty warm out yeah yeah low elevation like eh, no worries i can do this <laughs> oh, indeed yeah. emergency blanket not just a clever name <laughs> <laughs> the like better than nothing blanket yeah more apt name (laughs) (laughs) and yeah it would totally work if it was an emergency and you're in you know below freezing weather or tons of rain or whatever like it would definitely work but if you just want like comfortable night's sleep it's not going to work for you right yep Yep. (laughs) well um eric thank you so much for coming on tonight yeah thanks for having me yeah i appreciate having you back and you know we we shouldn't keep it at five we should go for 10 or 15 more so all right (laughs) please come and say hi let you know next time i do something stupid (laughs) (laughs) um is there any online persona that you'd like to plug or let people know how to keep in touch with your events Uh, yeah i've got two events to plug uh, for we af- try to keep them on the calendar as after much as we Palooza. Can. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I notified you guys. I've been bad with my voicemails, but um, oh, I, I really like your voicemails. <laughs> well, I've, they're so uh, calm. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't done anyway. All right, so we got E Scoot P Town Throwdown Two. Yes, Scoot Scoot, which is next Friday, July nineteenth. Shit, it says from six thirty to one thirty a.m., but it's probably going to be like a half hour. I know what I'm doing next Friday. Yeah, um, but last last or yeah, it was last year when the scooters were out. They, uh, we actually had some, um, what do you call them? Pro-ams, professional amateurs come out on scooters oh, no way. and we built a jump. It was the money booter and they were actually booting it off the money booter. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. So hopefully they come out again. Nice. And then the next day, I don't know why I did this, but two days in a row, let me make sure, is the, um, the fart, which is the, um, Hold on, let me pull up the official names. You can find it on Facebook. Uh, sorry, it's only on Facebook, but it's the Third Lafart, <laughs> which is because <the laughs> it's the third, one. <laughs> the third lads fastest alley race trial. Um, it's a bike race or alley cat I run in lads. Nice. Um, with various degrees of difficulty, you have to have a, a GPS tracker of some sort, whether it's ride with GPS, Strava, etc. Um, to prove that you completed the route. It's under 15 miles. Um, there's um, checkpoints you have to hit um, where you can get time off your score. So I try to make it so anyone can win, so it's not just about the fastest biker. It's about who who does the, the whole challenge the best. Um, so, yeah, that's all. Thanks. So awesome. <laughs> Provided you make it back safe. 
Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> well, we don't have uh, something for me to say yeah. next, but what we do have. You know what we do have? <laughs> so we got some awesome drinks. Yes, we do. I I killed this mint lemonade from Brew Doctor. Nice. This mint lemonade kombucha, which I don't know if you notice, has the Timbers logo on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is like done in conjunction with them uh, for any reason, or if they were just like, hey, we love the Timbers, so we're going to put their logo on it. I, I'm but, not throwing any shade against the Timbers, but you know what I'm waiting to show up on? Kombucha cans and other such. A Thorns logo? Yeah. Yes. Nice. Yeah. They have the better colors. I might be biased. They have great but... colors. I am <laughs> <laughs> um, having the Super Secret IPA from our friends over at Berlick, which is four blocks from the Beermongers. Oh, really? On Southeast. I'll be darned. 12th and Division. So I'm really impressed here. Sean showed me up with my Wisconsin beer knowledge, my home state. By f- by finding um, a beer from Wanakee, Wisconsin, which is a small town outside of Appleton, um, and the brewery is Horace Aged Ales, and the beer is Osprey's Next Catch Triple Dry Hopped IPA. It's delicious. Triple dry. Kudos to Sean at Beermongers. Yeah, and thank you to the Beermongers supporting our drinks and the show every week. We can't say it enough. You folks rock. Yes. It's going to sound awful. Here we go. Actually, it doesn't sound too bad. Oh, there's the distortion. Well, <laughs> Oh, I didn't I didn't keep it on long enough for that. Oh Sorry. no. <laughs> Sorry, Tim. Uh, so, Pedal Palooza is over. Alas. Alas. But there is also After Palooza. Yeah. So, keep checking in with shift2bikes.org for bike events. And if you can't check in at shift2bikes, the number 2.org. Oh, thank you. You can check out Second Thursday every month the Joyful Riders Club in Minneapolis. The second Friday of every month is the Boston Bike Party. Also the second Friday of every month, the Indianapolis Bike Party. Also also the second Friday of every month, the East Bay Bike Party. And the last Friday of every month, the Baltimore Bike Party. And the first Saturday of every month, the Civil Unrest Ride. Every second Sunday of every month, right here in PDX, the Corvidae Bike Club Ride. Nice. (laughs) July 19th is the E-Scoot P-Town Throwdown, courtesy of Eric Ivey. Also on July 19th, uh, Logan is rocking the Rocky Butte Sunset Picnic Dance Party at 6.30 Oh, nice. Yeah. That's probably going to be way better than the E-Scoot. And uh, you could probably do the E-Scoot and still meet up with the Rocky Butte Dance Party. Booyah. July 20th is the... Turd la fart. <laughs> <laughs> One sentence rundown. What's the turd la fart? Uh, it's a, a alley cat race at night through Lad's Edition, hitting all the streets and alleys with lots of rules, complications, and um, activities. Challenges, activities. Yeah, run by volunteers. Thank you. I think I colored a, a coloring book page. <laughs> yep. One of my challenges. Um, July twentieth also is the gorge pedal. 
It's possible you could do both. What time is the love fart? Yeah, it's not till like nine or ten. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Could. I think you could. I think you could make it. Oh yeah. And we have some upcoming film by bike tour dates. Detroit, Michigan. It took me a minute because, oh no, Detroit, Michigan has already happened. Keep it real, Detroit. Missoula, Montana, September 15th, Bendigo, Australia, October 4th, Akron, Ohio, my favorite town in Ohio, November 3rd. Second favorite. Uh, sorry, Toledo. Toledo will still <laughs> have a place in my heart. Oh, we're going to get mail next week. <laughs> Come on, second favorite. <laughs> thank you, Akron. Um, and... I'm sorry, and thank you, Akron. <laughs> Oh, I, I like the trope of giving you shit for that. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Undeserved, honestly. but <laughs> uh, Mildly deserved. Hey, maybe. you know what we have next? What can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? Our headlines for this week focus on vehicle culture, starting with tall bikes tie up tall bike ties up traffic in Edmonton. Yes. Shout Hashtag out Yeg Bike. Yep. Shout out to our listeners in Edmonton. An Edmonton man, an over six foot tall bicycle that requires stilts to use, aka pedal, as Carly Robinson shows us, the bike isn't actually breaking any traffic laws. And I would encourage folks to watch this article or news clip because it's pretty... There's some bias. It's pretty golden There's, as far as that goes. Yeah. Um, it, <laughs> I will say this. Thanks to Brock for sending it in. This is a really cool solve of, of a tall bike uh, or a, a cool build of a tall bike that mm-hmm. I wouldn't... I, I don't think I've ever seen here in, in that they just kept the cranks at the regular spot. And then use stilts to pedal as opposed to, you know, when yeah. when uh, most tall bikes around here, they move the cranks up and then have an extra chain. Well, and the genius is that when you stop for a stop sign, you just put your feet down. Yeah. You just hit the brakes and <laughs> yeah. put your feet down. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. It's yeah. not really a tall bike anymore. It's just a bike that fits that person. <laughs> a, <laughs> that person stalt, who happens to be wearing bike. stilts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's video of a... Um, tall bike rider cycling across one of the bridges in edmonton and uh yeah the art honestly the the video just like sums up the whole like thing about uh (laughs) entitlement and and car culture kind of in this one perfect one minute 30 clip yeah it's a good uh Uh, good encapsulation of of car culture entitlement yes including such wonderful components as the driver who filmed them and shamed them saying well there's got to be a law in the books Oh wait, there isn't. There isn't. Well, there's got to be a law. <laughs> nope, that that's legal. No. It, we do suggest you do ride on the pedestrian. Oh, this was this was actually hilarious <laughs> to me. In the video, is uh, the newscaster says like, you know, we do suggest you ride on the pedestrian and and bike uh, uh, pathway alongside the river. Which, during the news segment, they're standing in the middle of, yep. by the way. <laughs> and it was particularly poignant that there was a uh, directional sign just in the background, which would have absolutely prevented a six-foot cyclist from, or a six-foot bicycle from going past set point. So, in oh, other yeah. words, uh, bridge, lane, traffic, everybody's going about 15 anyway. 
probably just fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I had to <laughs> chuckle, if not to cry. Did you happen to catch this video? Oh, yeah, I watched okay. it, and I also... Thanks to you sharing it with me, I shared it in the Facebook group called Freak Bikers Unite. Oh, nice. And the comments were just like, oh, <laughs> I'm going to check this out when yeah. I get home now. Yeah. Who is our listener in Edmonton? Uh, that, gosh, now that you ask me, oh. uh, that'd be Glenn Kubish. Glenn Thank you, Kubish. Glenn, Kubish. Glenn yes. if you've got any contacts, let us know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, they were looking to see who it was. Who, they they want to get an interview. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh. From the Atlantic, Americans shouldn't have to drive. But the law insists it. It's no secret that American public policy throughout the 20th century endorsed the car, for instance, by building a massive network of urban and interstate highways at public expense. Less well understood is how the legal framework governing American life enforces dependency on the automobile. The most prominent way of setting and adjusting speed limits known to the operating speed method actually encourages further... Oh, this is further along. Sorry. Uh, carriage return. Ampersand. The most prominent way of setting and adjusting p speed limits known as... Or, yeah, known as the operating speed method actually encourages faster driving. It calls for setting speed limits that 85% of the drivers will obey. So, essentially... It's saying if 85% of the drivers take this city street at 55, we're going to set this speed limit to 55. <clears throat> um, yeah, it's interesting how uh, that's just one aspect. This article is so deep. It, I was reading it, and I felt like sort of the stereotypical scene in a movie where you have the like the dude tracing the conspiracy with the pegboard <laughs> and the yarn and He's going through with all the string and then looks back and he's like, oh, my God, it's all connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is interesting because it's oftentimes, you know, because of the intricacy, it obscures the degree to which the legal system plays into the hegemony of driving within the United States and, and indeed many places. Um, so I, the article does a very nice sort of uh, synthesis and analysis of the degree to which those larger structural decisions sort of cascade yes. down to the level at which you find yourself being like, gosh, I really wish I didn't have to like fend for my life while I'm cycling. Or I really wish, or in other words, that there were better transportation alternatives than driving my car in from the suburbs every day. Yeah. Um, but there's just so many legal structures and i think we've seen this in other areas as well but um highly encourage folks reading this article it, it gives a, a fantastic breakdown of a lot of the assumption within legal context to why things are the way that they are in addition to the more cultural or social choices for the zeitgeist that is yes yeah um one of my favorite parts was what when they were talking about um Shoot, I need to refine it here. So talking about the 85%, um, the Atlantic article goes on to say that as a matter of law, the operating speed method is exceptional. It enables those who violate the law, speeding motorists, to rewrite it. Speed limits ratchet higher until no more than 15% of motorists violate them. The perverse incentives are obvious. Imagine a rule saying that once 15% of Americans acquired illegal types of machine guns, that weapon would <laughs> automatically become legal. Other legislation amplifies the I harm mean, from this method. But... <laughs> anyways. You're good. <laughs> I'll just leave it there. Yeah. Um, no, it's 
it's a it's a very interesting read um and yeah it it swung by i think a lot of the thing or maybe the frustration by especially if we're talking about cycling deaths within portland or within there was a a big rally in new york um, just two days ago about the number of cyclists who've been killed on our streets um it's a endemic um situation and there's there's uh ah, who is it derek jensen maybe that maybe not coined the term but i think brought my attention to it there's a certain amount of accepted or what we'd call inherited or normalized violence yes within um the choice to do as we do or to have the status be the quo uh and so yeah i i can't say enough about this article other than please read it if you're feeling it read it um, take notes let us know more importantly what your thoughts are get out your uh, cork board and your string exactly um yeah, that's my story. <laughs> uh, from treehugger.com, health benefits of walkable cities won't be realized without reducing automobile use. So all of those studies which you've seen, which you're like, ah, yes, walking and cycling is more healthy. Well, there might be a catch. There is a catch, unfortunately. <laughs> yes, this seems so surprising. Uh, critically, we find that while residing in an unwalkable neighborhood was associated with higher likelihood of having diabetes and hypertension than living in most walkable <laughs> communities, any observed benefit from those living in walkable areas appeared to be lost in the most polluted areas. Yeah. So as density increases, pollution tends to also do so. Mm-hmm. So... While you may be able to walk around downtown, downtown's air is not so great. Mm-hmm. All your walking is for naught. Yeah. That is to say, it's not to you say shouldn't go drive. stop walking. <laughs> that is to say, you should do more to yeah. to reduce air pollution in your city. Yeah. And by you, I mean us. And I've got to give a shout out to a researcher here in Portland and also a Bike Portland Post, I think maybe four or five years ago, that determined the optimal amount of uh, oh, yes. pollution intake via speed on cycling in and town. And it was much slower. <laughs> yeah, I think it was about seven miles an hour is your yeah. optimum pollution uptake to um, health benefit that you can achieve within Portland. So, Which that's uh, a brisk walk. It is a brisk walk, and it's a it's a slow cycle. <laughs> it's a very slow bike. <laughs> so, you know, if you see somebody burning 20 down the greenway, just remind yourself, hey, at least I'm closer to that optimal amount. <laughs> but what if you're going, you know, 20 on a scooter? Cause you're, Ooh. You're, you're uh, not taking in yeah. as much air. You're, it's not as much I, cardiovascular. But I'll bet you it meets in the middle somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're getting your more But you're more still, you're still yeah. exposed, <laughs> oh, you know. Yeah. Just breathe through your nose, right? <laughs> study on that Uh, yes we do (laughs) (laughs) lastly from the columbia gorge express the columbia gorge express is your ticket to discounts in the gorge yes the columbia gorge express has partnered with several local businesses in cascade locks and hood river to deliver exciting discounts to our riders just show your columbia gorge express ticket and save some cash please note that your ticket must be valid for the same day that you are requesting the discount. I've got to say, the Columbia Gorge Express is killing it. Yes. Yes. In oh. fact, someone was just complaining to me about the parking at Multnomah Falls. <laughs> and I said, have you heard of the Columbia Gorge Express? And I pulled it up and like on, on my phone and showed it the schedule and everything. And they're like, great. 
Now I can go to the gorge anytime I want. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and go yeah, back you pretty don't much have anytime to set you a want day. to. You don't have to set a day when <laughs> oh, yeah. parking is not so great. Yeah. yeah. I, I just have to say of um, so many of the city and sort of county projects that we see within the area, the Gorge Express is just doesn't stop impressing me. I guess. Yeah. You know, it's just like, how can it get better? Well, now it's better. Yeah. <laughs> it already yeah. started out quite good. So, um, I, you know, if you're listening out though, kudos to the team that's operating the Gorge yes. Express. That is a fantastic service. And I think really makes Portland a fantastic place to live in for that opportunity. And related kudos to Thunder Island, uh, Thunder Island Brewing, who are one of the people that is giving discounts mm-hmm. for riding the Columbia. Indeed. Yeah. Cheers yes. To Cheers to beers. Well, we don't you know have... what? We don't have mail today. Which means that if you <laughs> like, don't like, and or object otherwise to anything that we've said on this episode, please send us an email at thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text to 503-847-9774. This is a listener-supported <laughs> show, and we want to hear from you, our listeners. Thank you. That said, we have reached the end of all things. Thank you all for listening. Guthrie, thank you for... Uh, policing the door. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Several times you've reached out so that door didn't slam shut while we were recording. He used the force. <laughs> <laughs> it never, oh, yeah. it never quite made it, did it? <laughs> never quite made it. I think it's due to Aaron's T-shirt, actually. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, got I got a picture of it because it's so cool. Uh, my brother Dan got this for me for oh, Christmas. Nice. Yeah. It's a uh, ET Star Wars mash. Yes, love it. <laughs> All right. The Sprocket Podcast is produced at StreamPDX Community Audio Studio, thanks to the generous support of OpenSignal. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text 2503-847-9774. Twitter and the Instagrams at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Hurtbird for our headlines sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to our sustaining donors, Shadowfoot, Katharina Mellengard. Wayne Norman, Eric Iverson, who's hey, sitting next to me. What do you know? Cameron <laughs> Lean, Richard Wazinski, Tim Mooney. Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Eric Wise. Todd Parker, Dan Gabhart. Who's, who's a, a time, time traveler. <laughs> Dave Knows. Chris Smith, Caleb Jenkinson, J.P. Cooley. Peanut Butter Jar, Matt. Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom. Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder. Anna, hey, maybe we should visit Andrew in Colorado while we're there. Andre Johnson, <laughs> King of Division, Richard G. Guthrie Straw, who's sitting across from me. Oh, hello. Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of the Reed Granary. Campsite, Mac Nurse David, Nathan Poulton. Chris Rawson, Rory in Michigan, Michael Flournoy. Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay, Tim Coleman. Harry Hugel, EJ Finneran, Brad Hipwell. Oh, congratulations to EJ and Ellie. Yes, indeed. Thomas Skato. Keith Hutchinson, Ranger Tom. Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam, Derek Wagner. Jason Oftenberg, Microcosm Publishing, David Moore. Todd Grosbeck, Chris Barron, Chris Barron, Chris Chris Barron. (laughs) (laughs) Sean Baird, Simon, Gregory Braithwaite. Ryan Morrow, Jimmy Diesel, Dude Luna. Matthew Rooks. Marshall at Poop. Marshall, Paula at Punitake Cyclecraft. <laughs> Philip M. Spartan Dale, no relation. Mr. T, who never really left. Bike Initiative Kiwana, Sarah G. Adam D, Go Dig a Hole, and Beth Hammond. And all of our former donors who helped us get this far. Now brush your teeth. And go to go bed. To bed.
Sweet. Bump the mic. <laughs> nice.